You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Good morning, Pete. How are you? Good morning. And uh, should I say, if you have any questions for Pete, you can text us on 87 Um Let's talk about cancer in, in pets. Um, pets do get cancer? Hmm. Certainly do. Unfortunately, it's it's one of the m- more common reasons um, for especially pets in in middle age to 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 get seriously ill and even to die. Um, so it's yes, it's common. Um, dogs, cats, dogs across and the board. dogs and cats, and we we even see it sometimes in smaller pets like um, rabbits and hamsters and gerbils. Yes, every every living creature um, can get cancer. And if you're worried about your pets, what, what sort of things should you be looking out for? Well, I suppose the obvious one is lumps and bumps. So if any animal develops a swelling anywhere that um, you know that, that the owner hadn't noticed before, they should ask their vet to have a look because um, um, amongst the most common cancers are things like cancers or uh, cancers of the skin or cancer of the tissues under the skin. And if they can be uh, dealt with early on, with surgery, that gives the, the greatest chance of, of successful treatment. But there are many other manifestations of cancer. So some animals might start to cough, or they might have difficulty breathing. Um, as in humans, weight loss, unexpected weight loss um, can be a sign of something internal going on. Um, and indeed, there are many other possibilities. I mean, I suppose whenever a pet's unwell, a vet starts off with a long list of possible causes of them being unwell. And our job as a vet is to work out, well, precisely what's going on here and um, you know uh, especially in middle aged or older animals cancer is often on the list of possibilities yeah, I was just going to say, it, it, it is something more common perhaps in older pets. Yes, I mean, you, you do get anomalies where you get, uh, very occasionally you get a, a, a young adult animal even with, with a very serious cancer, but that would be exceptionally rare. Um, uh, as pets grow older, it becomes more likely. And... Um, treatment for for mm. for cancer for these kind of illnesses well s- surgery i suppose is the generally the most effective um in the sense that if you can if you, even if you have a malignant cancer if you're able to cut it out completely leaving a good wide margin of healthy tissue around it well then there's often a high chance that it can be cured of course some cancers still come back at the site of surgery and indeed some cancers spread to elsewhere in the body um, but surgery would still be the mainstay of cancer treatments um, as well as that you can once a diagnosis has been made you can in some cases use chemotherapy and chemotherapy in animals doesn't tend to be used in such high doses or with such intensity as in humans so people sort of shy away from the word chemotherapy they think it means it's going to make their pet quite unwell well we, we actually use chemotherapy in such way that animals don't suffer in, in the same way perhaps as some of the um, dramatic feelings unwell that humans may have so um, uh, that means that with pets it's something which is very well tolerated and the third way that cancer can be treated is radiation treatment kind of zapping the tumor now that's not done in this country for pets at the moment um, people would have to travel to the UK for that to be done uh, as with chemotherapy it tends to be very expensive and with results which, 
you know, whilst there can be good results, it can be difficult to cure pets of, of, of cancers of this, uh, uh, in that way. And, you know, you extend the life. And do people want to pay, you know, several thousands of euro to extend their pet's life for four months or perhaps a year or two years? So, you know, it's... it's um, At what point, though, would you as a vet make the decision, you know, that the treatment is, is not going to happen in, in this case and, and make the decision to put, put an animal out of its misery? Is it? Well... Funnily enough, it's not the vet that makes that decision. We'll advise people. Um, we'll, we'll tell them. I mean, the key thing with cancer is to make a precise diagnosis. So, um, you know, you do that by generally collecting a biopsy and having the tissue from the cancer analysed under the microscope by a specialist. And they'll tell you the precise nature of the tumour. And once you know the precise nature of the tumour, uh, and that you know that that can that can be very precise. It can be right down to the subtype of a particular kind of mast cell tumor or whatever it is. Once you know the exact type of tumor, you can then look at a case series of you know hundreds of other pets that had similar tumors, and you can see well how long did they live for, and with different interventions, whether chemotherapy or radiation, whatever, how much difference did it make? And so, as a vet, your job is to tell people, look, this is what your pet has. This is what's likely to happen in the future. And if you take these steps, this is how much difference it will make. So we would spell out the facts to an owner and they would then have to make the call based on what they felt is best for their pet. And that, that involves a number of things. How, um, how involved are they with their pets? Um, uh, how much money are they prepared to spend or do they have to spend? Um, and everybody reaches a different decision based on those factors. And how difficult is that process for you, uh, you know, as a vet, as somebody who cares for animals and, and is interested in animals and loves animals, how difficult is that process for you? Well, I, I think amongst the most difficult emotional challenges I've had as a vet has been having to tell somebody that their pet has a cancer with a very poor prognosis because, you know, sometimes they may be, uh, you know, quite unaware that something serious happening and you know, you've taken the pet in for the day done a number of tests and you now know that the news for them is very bad indeed and you have to tell them that news and you know it really hurts to have to tell them because you know that as you say those words they're going to be devastated and um, it's a very difficult part of doing this job. Um, if, if people are worried then um, about anything like this in, in an animal, they've noticed something unusual, as you say, you know, weight loss, uh, a mark or a bump or something unusual that, that, that's not been there, that they should get it checked. Yes, I would say the fear of cancer in their pet is probably greater than the number of times that that, that terrible diagnosis is made. You know, um, most often um, people come to us with fear and we reassure them, actually, look, it's not, it's not as bad as you're afraid here. So I would say to people, if they have any anxiety like that, they should go and talk to their vet. And indeed, if they notice anything unusual, early intervention is the thing which makes the biggest difference. So whereas in the past, maybe 20 or 30 years ago, vets might have said about a lump or a bump, oh, just keep an eye on that. Nowadays, we're more likely to say, well, let's just take a quick sample from this lump. And um, based on the result of that simple biopsy, we can advise you whether it's safe just to, to keep an eye on it or whether we need to take early action. Okay. Uh, thank you, Pete. A bit busy week uh, for you, You're the, the book tour. Um, yeah, I, um, I've been busy promoting my new book, Pet Subjects, and next week I'm actually going to the UK. Uh, I'm doing radio in London, and then in Edinburgh next week um, to talk about my book. So, yeah, it's a busy time, but it's great fun. I'm really enjoying this. Good. Okay, well, listen, thanks for coming into us. Uh, thank you. As always, uh, that's uh, Pete the Vet.